Welcome back to Impactful Experiences with Sierra Ty Brownlee, where I chat with a new guest each episode and ask them to share one of their impactful experiences. This is your host, Sierra, and I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by Joseph Grady, current academic advisor at the University of Montana in Missoula, Montana, and Tell Us Something board member. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. I think we should just hop right in. And if you'd be willing to share your impactful experience, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, thank you for inviting me and um, been thinking about this um, impactful experience. And um, there's so much in life to choose from. Yeah. Of this kind of question. So it really was racking my brain about like, you know, what's important enough or what's cool enough or what have you. And I decided to just kind of let it flow, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what, the thing that uh, has come to mind, I think most recently is for me as um, not just an academic, but as a creative, an artist, uh, creative, an actor, mm-hmm. writer, um, painter, um, outside of the workplace. Uh, there's a lot that I think goes on with um, my advising position where there's lots of amazing stories with students and so forth, but I'm not sure entirely if that's appropriate to tell in this space. Um, but mm-hmm. that said, I honed in on a, uh, a story with um, a recent acting opportunity that I had. Um, and I, you know, I apply for a lot of uh, small roles, uh, a lot of walk-on stuff here in Montana. And it gives me a lot of experience to uh, do film acting um, in a way, in kind of in a way that's very fulfilling, but also um, helps me, you know, with the creative expression mm-hmm. side of things. Um, and it's very informative and I learn quite a lot from the process and so forth. But that said, um, essentially, I had a applied recently for an acting gig um, for that was calling for a Native American role Mm -hmm. um, and reached out for it and got a a call back, if you will, um, from the casting director who reached out to me and um, indicated at that time that it was it was actually for local. They were making a local call for actors and the gig was in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, oh, well, I, I'm in Missoula, Montana. So <laughs> kind of negates that one. Yeah. And then had just a sort of a brief follow up and sort of conversation. And, um, you know, she expressed some um, like, oh, you know, darn it, because you'd be perfect for the role kind of a thing. And, um, you know, I was apologetic that I didn't really notice that it was in LA. I hope I didn't waste your time kind of a thing, you know, in that setting, it's, I really, really want to make sure that I'm, you know, keeping it on the professional level. And um, yeah. at that point was just like, okay, so, you know, no big deal. But then about two weeks later, um, got a call back from the same casting director um, who reached out and um, asked me if I wanted the gig, um, which was to fly down to Los Angeles and, and do about three days of shooting. Um mm-hmm in various locations and um that kind of sort of tipped things off and i was like uh, uh, much was running through my head you know there's a yeah. lot of planning that had to happen it was a very sort of short turnaround time between actually getting the gig and getting to la i think it was about a week mm, and a half. Wow. 
uh, turnaround. And so, you know, just sort of that preparation and then what is even the job, right? Yeah. Uh, but then that was a lot of excitement and it turned out to be like a really amazing experience. And I, you know, I learned a lot and had a lot of fun and so forth. And um, it, um, you know, added, of course, to my resume and my credentials and um, expanded my opportunities, at least in terms of like getting into unions and so forth. Uh, but I think the the actual experience of getting on set and working with other Native American actors in those kinds of professional spaces was really sort of the the real hook for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, that's kind of the the gist of what was happening. Um, and it was it's probably one of the more significant sort of uh, things to happen in in the last year. Um, and so that was. Um, that was really cool. I really, really had a, a really good time with that one. Yeah. I know you had mentioned this to me um, around when it was happening or a little before. And so I think that's very exciting. And I'm glad that um, it seems things went well and you really enjoyed your time. So what about this experience um, made you choose it? Kind of getting at how has it either changed you or impacted you since? Hmm. Um, it, I working here in Montana as an actor, just speaking from the acting, um, space yeah. alone, um, there's, I've had a, I think a real opportunity in the last probably five to 10 years where I've this, um, I guess you want to say, I don't want to say movement necessarily, but a shift is happening in the television to film where um the call for native american actors is um becoming more of a qualified type position um and it's one that has for me as an actor created all of this access right while at the same time eliminating a whole bunch of competition for roles that was previously you know sharing the same space yeah you had a lot of um what what you'll hear calls for and sort of acting resumes and on acting calls looking for ethnic ambiguity right Mm. um so that you know if you are classified as ethnically uh ambiguous you can fulfill many roles right as um latinx uh, middle eastern um, you know, sort of Arabic identities to um, to any of the Pacific Islander Asian classifications, if you will. And the, uh, historically, I think, particularly um, in film and TV, back in the old days, it was like if you had black hair and any sort of a complexion, they would slap a little makeup on you and you were it. That was, you know, you were this role. Um, and so the, you know, the scope for ethnically ambiguous was even wider, I think, back then. And, mm-hmm. and nowadays it's a lot more narrow uh, to even like more recently where you have calls for specific ethnic identities to, you know, fulfill roles. And um, that's quite a, a, a big shift in, in an industry that is so fast paced and so like concerned with anything in production other than getting like cultural humility pieces um, on point or correct all the time. 
Um, and so that for me, I think was kind of the big takeaway more recently is the work that I've been doing as an actor has allowed me to work with entities, people and productions where that um, attention to cultural authenticity has been really out front. Um, and so it, as an indigenous actor, that's refreshing uh, because what it says is these roles are for you mm -hmm. and for like for you, not just alone, but um, people who also identify as, as indigenous and so forth or come from native communities. Yeah. Um, and so it creates opportunity um, as well as allow the stories to be more authentic, I think, um, from where they're coming from. Um, with that, when people are sort of thinking about that stuff automatically, what you get in those spaces are people who actually start to kind of ask questions and really express their humility. Um, there are certainly incidents of that that were on this last job, as well as like other you know, like projects that I've worked on. I think uh, probably the first, well, one of the first like major acting gigs that I ever got was Winter in the Blood. And um, the directors actually we had a, a night where we went out and had hors d'oeuvres at Scotty's table. And we sat around with uh, a whole bunch of our native actors from the film. Um, mm -hmm. And we were able to have a conversation, a really sort of candid conversation with the directors who were like, we're two white dudes and we don't know the first thing about being native American or what that's like and so forth. So you need to help us, please help us understand uh, what those are like so that we can like really sort of give this very accurate portrayal and invited yeah. us to give feedback and sort of, um, you know, scan the the script and so forth. And, hey, this is kind of how we would say it kind of a thing. Um, and that information was like onboarded with that process in a way that was very respectful and mindful. Um, and I, I want to say very sort of forward thinking, if you will, um, where I was very impressed at that moment with the directors is like, well, I'm, I'm in with the right gig. I mean, this is like I had a feeling I would walk in here and be like, you know, here's how you be Native American, mister. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of roll the eyes and you, you jump into the role and do the gig as an actor. That's kind of what it is, really. I mean, I'm an instrument. I mean, actors, theater people, we are sort of the paint on the canvas. And so it really is, you know, we it's we're trained to follow directing um, and that's not always like fulfilling, if you will, yeah. um, in, in those kinds of ways, especially when it comes to cultural and racial identity. Um, and so I've seen a big shift in in the more recent years where you have more of that presence of mind on set and in the conversation and even in the invite where those people will be very respectful out front, acknowledging culture and identity and their own humility in that space, where they're actually looking to you to be the expert on that experience, while also sort of like infusing this whole dialogue and role into the process. Mm -hmm. is like kind of some new stuff. I mean, at least for me, it is. Um, and this experience in Los Angeles was, was very much the same. Okay. That's exciting and great to hear. So would you say you do believe you've been experiencing or you do think there are changes in the industry? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the little that I, experience that I do have with film um, or television has just historically been either as an observer or as a learner in the classroom space, um, you know, learning about critique and, and understanding stories. 
Um, and, you know, there were, there were, I think, various examples along the way. I don't really want to draw attention to too much. Yeah. But I think prior to, to my experience, what you would get is kind of what I would describe. Uh, the actor would show up, they would dress you up. Here's how you play Indian and then sort of onto the film. And then you do your best to sort of infuse your own personal characteristic into the into the storyline and, and into the setting. Um, but there's not a lot of like um, collaboration between director and the creative production and the actor themselves as the say the indigenous person. Mm-hmm. And that goes all the way back to the um, you know to the the Oscar incident with um, I'm just forgetting Marlon Brando um, and the young uh, native woman who accepted the award for him. You know, from that point, you know, you even prior to that, you had indigenous people like calling for greater respect in these spaces. And, you know, here it is, um, you know, in, in the 2020s um, and in, into the 2000s. And you're starting to kind of get this recognition. And um, I think there was a hesitancy along the way to mm-hmm. for that, because maybe people just didn't know how to communicate that. I, I don't want to like sound like I understand where that was coming from necessarily, where the hesitancy was coming from. Um, But in terms of like the outcomes, um, you know, with television shows like Reservation Dogs and and some of the others that are are now out on um, various outlets like FX and so forth, um, what you have is our Native American voices and creativity actually driving the ship. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's 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 really funny. There's a lot of crossover. Uh, it communicates well, no matter which culture you're coming from. It's just an indigenous perspective. Um, and that's really refreshing. And I think that that for when we start talking about storytelling and, and being part of the story. Yeah. We as indigenous people tend to thrive because um that's in not just indigenous people but many many stories but indigenous peoples of this continent um storytelling has been deeply infused into who we are as people Mm -hmm. our process how we learn together the way we built community uh etc was was very much like stories under the stars and so that's that's how we identify largely and so when we get you know opportunities to be in these creative spaces we thrive as storytellers. And so I think that that's for me watching that happen throughout my lifetime. I mean, I'm 51 years old and when reservation dogs dropped, the first episode dropped, I was able to watch it. I remember thinking, man, I've been waiting like 50 years for this TV show, Um, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of speak my, speak my language and represent, Hey, that's me on the screen and identifying in those kinds of ways where we're not just backdrop characters. We are the foreground and we are the interest of the narrative. Um, and the kind of moving forward more recently, having that access point is, I think a part even largely as to why I've had any kind of success as an actor, uh, because most of the roles that I step into are have, a, you know, a call for a Native American um, of my bearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, um, you know, some person who's not Native American who slaps on a wig and a little bit of sort of brown makeup 
can then step in there and be like, oh, you know, it's like, did, you know, you call for a Native American uh, to walk through the door and, you know, show up at the audition. And so, um, it, and I think along with that, what I am seeing are when I do go to these auditions, at least when they were held in person, yeah, you would see a lot of like young, sexy native people like hanging out, you know, good looking, like mm-hmm. of all walks and looks, right. Native people showing up to say, Hey, I'm going to take a swing at this thing. Uh, and try this acting gig and you know maybe they did a little high school or whatever you know sort of goofed around you know nowadays you it's most of it's like on the social media you can film little um, skits and so forth and do those uh, sort of have an audience without like having the actual audience and so forth yeah yeah that I I think that's really cool and um, the you know I think there's more to say about LA um, in more in greater detail, but I mean, in terms of the overall experience for me, the you know the the access point for other indigenous actors, actors not just myself, is probably I think a, a huge turnaround. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've talked about kind of being a little bit in the industry and acting a fair amount, and I was curious to kind of see how that ties into um, you also like working at the university. And if this has changed, maybe would you hope to pursue or do you enjoy having that balance? Because it does seem like you are doing, like you said, many different artistic ventures as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And that was actually one that I was really sort of reflecting on as I was doing this, because um, it is it is a concern for me, you know, being, you know, in an academic professional setting. Um, you know, fulfilling a, a role within that space um, and having a very, you know, sort of set objective and, and goal for, for that position. Um, and then going out and doing like professional acting along with it. How is that going to be accepted? Is it going to be accepted? Is it going to be one of those things where it's, you know, um, someone doesn't like the idea of that maybe? And um, mm-hmm. so trying to like just be mindful about those factors. Um, and fortunately, the, um, I think the, the team that I work with and, um, and, you know, my supervisor who's absolutely amazing has been nothing but supportive in that space. And so I think that I'm really sort of kicking this around and like, you know, oh my gosh, and how do I find that balance point? Right. Um, where it's, it's not only, um, fulfilling uh, an objective for me, but also, you know, keeping me fair and tuned in with my students, you know, because I also, um, that, that is a very realistic consideration for me. Mm-hmm. That said, um, balance to this point hasn't been terribly difficult, um, you know, realistically, um, I, you know, I get the work done and so forth. But that said, looking forward, I think the way that I've, I've thought about this, and I think the way that I've always thought about this, like with photography or with writing, um, any of the script writing that I do, any of the like the illustration or, or art that I do, a graphic novel that I'm working on, mm-hmm. uh, any of the like the acting therein, all of that stuff is like creating opportunity if opportunity is needed. Um, the kind of fallbacks, if you will, even. Um, I mean, let's face it, we live in some pretty uncertain times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot out there that is just 
putting to question even some of the old standards that we're used to just having around, you know, like education. It was, it, I think at one point it was just like one of those things that you thought never would be, it, it, it just was always going to be the way it was, you know, teacher in the yeah. classroom, attitude from the student. That doesn't look the same anymore. I mean, people were talking about arming teachers with guns and so forth. And so the, it's a very different sort of world right mm-hmm. now. Uh, than what I had grown up in as a kid. And so, like, as I look to the future, I want to make sure that I have, um, I think, a lot of experience under my belt if at some point something a shift needs to be made. Um, that certainly is an objective or a goal of mine right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about the life that I have. Yeah. You know, with um, the even the roles that I fulfill in my professional life. Um, you know, there's tell us something which serving on the board and the committee there, you know, has its has its piece in my life. And then there's the artistic thing in all its sort of various forms with the writing mm-hmm. uh, to the create right now. It's like a lot of focus on photography. Um, and then there's there's also the work thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm building my own experience and resume along the way. Um, because you never really know what's what the future holds. I yeah. want to make sure that I'm I'm prepared enough in a way. So if something does happen where change is like, oh, um, here's how tomorrow is going to look, and it's not like it was yesterday, I have the kind of footing, and I think um, world experience where I can go out and and make a pivot or a shift if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like right now with the acting thing, kind of like what we've been talking about, part of that is building that opportunity to look towards maybe getting an agent. Uh, do I mm-hmm. join the unions? Is that something that is, is going to be equitable um, for me as a professional? Yeah. Um, and right now um, where I am um, making advances is in the workplace um, at the university um, and we've been making considerable strides and that's on the backs of a lot of work and a lot of focus and a lot of effort and a lot of teamwork as well. I mean, as a, as an entity, our Montana 10 has had a lot of success, if you will. Um, and we just want to continue to grow that, um, so that we can, you know, our work with other entities yeah. in university campus settings, um, is kind of a full package, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, because right now it seems to be working for students, uh, works for me. I love it. I, I find it very, very fulfilling. Um, and so, you know, both are kind of on this trajectory of their own, if you will. Yeah. Um, and if anything, I've, what I've learned in my life is that um, just to be present for the ride Um, and, you know, make those big choices when they have to be made. Um, But for the rest of the time, just really, really trying to make the most of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This has been a a pretty tough year. You know, there's um, things that happen with family and, and, you know, there's things that happen with students. I mean, this is, this last two years has been incredibly heavy um, in terms of people getting sick to um, people struggling with mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And in my work position, in my job position, that's, that's very much at the forefront of what we do is, 
is working with students sort of navigating that stuff. And, you know, it's like, you need mental health services. Here's where to go for that. And sort of just taking a lot of time to listen and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's been a weighty year. I mean, a lot of people are struggling with a lot of like really dark stuff. Um, and I think the isolation and the uncertainty about future, especially now more than ever, um, you know, sort of this eruption of just violence in the way that we I'm not used to necessarily experiencing in what is this country is supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, I think is leaving a lot of uncertainty in terms of one's sense of their own safety, just going out into the world for to go shopping or to go to school, you know, places where once that was like, those were the safest places to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you know, the students that I'm working with right now are, are kind of reflecting, I think, on a lot of that stuff. And and living, you know, living through it while also trying to be students and in very similar ways, think about their own futures. What's going to come next? What am I going to get invested in? What's going to create opportunity? Um, what is my life and family going to look like moving forward and so forth? Yeah, definitely. There's so much diversity in that realm that um, right now, the, the position that I find myself in, I kind of feel like roles like this are needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, for the moment, um, the university gig is is the main focus, whereas the creative sort of electric forces in my life are the things that allow me to kind of process that stuff and find a different kind of fulfillment yeah. um, in life. And I don't know, maybe it's just sort of come to that where I'm like really sort of seeking those additional bits of, of input. And I'm also getting older. I mean... You know, I'm not getting any younger right now. And, <laughs> and you know, I don't want to be, I, I, I've always sort of, I guess, um, worried about that time in life where you get to a place where it's like, oh, I wish I had done that, you know? Um, I, I wonder what would have happened if I ever, ever made a go of that acting gig, right? Or putting some of those skills to use um, along the way. And I, I don't know if I necessarily want to find myself there so maybe even subconsciously i'm kind of like pushing myself in directions where i can kind of spread out into those areas get that experience yeah you know okay. winter in the blood that first movie role was like a bucket list moment and i remember yeah. just not only landing the role but going and doing the gig and then coming home and then seeing the film at the end and taking part in the whole process for me was like that's kind of it i mean i was a native I played a native role. So I was a native actor, a Blackfeet character in a story written by a Blackfeet man. I think I've done it. I think I've like accomplished all I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. then moved on to like these other sort of roles and so forth, because it just, it's, it's really great work. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of slightly related, but is there any maybe form of art that you really hope to start doing or to take part in? Um, I think that, I mean, for me, the, the, something that is less fulfilled is the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I think I'm, I'm really trying to tie a bunch of things up, so to speak. Um, I have a couple of different scripts that I've been writing. Um, I've got a story for a graphic novel that I'm trying to round out. Um, and all of it is like sort of indigenous influenced, 
Um, so I guess you would want to say more contemporary type work or even into like science fiction. Okay. Um, that's the sort of the area that I'm going. And then something that is, has always been a natural fit for me is comedy. Um, when I was like in my early 20s, I used to do comedy open mics. I used to go out okay. and do sets and get up on stage and try and exercise some of that theater experience as well as the, like the creative writing side of things. Always love comedy as an outlet and trying to do it creatively as a, as a native uh, person, trying to reach the audience in a way um, with that aspect of my identity. Um, has been infused into that. And so the the writing piece for me right now is something that um, I really want to see kind of, you know, bubble to the surface next. Um, yeah. Like I said, there's a lot more outlets these days for mm-hmm. and a lot more call for native writers, actors, creative types, even production people. And I mean, I'm talking to the production people out there, the young folks who are like going into the, into into you know either theater or film or tv if you're a native american and you're on the and you're on the production side you're on the post-production you're behind the camera you're in this sort of creative force behind the scenes um that's that part is like i think really really significant and important yeah. and i'd like to, i'd like to break into that a little bit i'd like okay. to see some writing represented and so forth mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because really the, the turnaround for that is creating opportunity for the next Native writer or Indigenous actor down the road. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that we will start wrapping this up. But thank you once again. Um, and as my final question, what is the best piece of life advice you've been given? Oh, man. Um well, there's one, and I can't say it here um, because it's it's. I think three quarters of the phrase is cursing. Um, okay, I mean, whatever you want to share, you can share. <laughs> let me let me dig for something else, maybe. Okay. Um, basically, I think in the some of the greatest perspective I've I've learned in life are um, come from the the people that i know in life who got sober um mm-hmm. you know the people who struggled with addiction and and alcoholism i'm i'm one of them you know i'm one of those people who's thankfully you know recovered from alcoholism or, or mm-hmm. is recovering you're always in recovery um but one of the things that has just made life particularly for me way more doable and has made all of the rest of this stuff like really accessible is just to keep it simple um, I have this real capacity to overthink. Um, I think that that's present in my photography and my, in my acting and my writing and my creativity and my painting and my process and all of that stuff. And um, I, I think the one thing I've learned in my life is that um, the, the biggest thing that is standing in my way is me. Uh, and it always has been, it's always been this, this sort of internal dialogue that has been happening and has been informed, of course, by outside influences and factors and other voices and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that keep it simple thing was just a, a way for me to learn to just sort of get out of my own way. Yeah. No, I like it. I think that's a great piece of advice. Okay. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Sierra, this is really cool. Um, good job on your podcast. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and, 
and share my experience. Of course. Thank you for sharing. And thank you guys for listening and take care. Bye.